0: You're listening to Deep Cuts with Antoine Reed, episode 26, Ram Rodriguez, El Artista Cigars.
1: Hey, how are you, you, Antoine?
0: I'm good. How are you? All good. All good. Good to see you. How's how's things there? Um, you know, it's it's pretty good. I guess it's like everywhere. You kind of you kind of get used to the the new norm, which is is working from home and and just doing what we need to do and to continue to be productive. So I'm sure it's the same on on your end.
1: Same here. Here is a little bit harder, as you may imagine. You know, we don't do a lot of computer and. Uh work is more of uh labor of hands, but yeah, we're doing uh, the best we can and yeah, just waiting for all of this to be over, man. This uh, honestly, this is like a very long, um, boring movie, like scary movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so what's been new with you? I know it's been a, a little bit of a while since I've seen you. It's, well, I know um, Steve went on the trip that I all had in December and unfortunately I couldn't work just kind of it was like I guess it's like a precursor to all this it was like work just kind of completely got off the rails and I was like okay I need to fit some (laughs) (laughs) obviously I need to stay here to fit some stuff so unfortunately I couldn't join you all but Steve said it was a great trip and he really got a lot out of it and really had a good time spending time with you and Kevin and everybody else who was on that trip
1: yeah, it, it was it was a very good trip indeed. Um, we usually do, when we do these kind of events, we don't try to go very big. Um, I, we always try to show our factory as, as what it really is. You know, we, we're not uh, trying to uh, sell something that we're not. We are a, a family business that is making cigars for a while and uh, we have some beautiful operations. And we just try to show them show everybody what it is like very raw um in order to do that and to make it very authentic, we try to do it with a with as fewer people as possible uh so very very small groups uh this time was very very nice uh, we, we had a very good time uh we all of us got to meet each other and we spent some very good time uh, you were missed for sure next time you you can't miss it.
0: <laughs> I'll definitely try not to next time, but um, you know those trips, like you said, are fun because I think you get a completely different perspective once you see the factory and the fields, and you get to spend time with the brand owners. You don't get a lot of that um, in the industry, so a lot of those opportunities to kind of really see where things are made. You know, for us, it's a lot of times you just see the end product, you see whatever makes it into the humidor, and that does that's only a small you know, part of the process and the whole uh, industry, really.
1: Yeah, that's truth. That That's truth.
0: <laughs> yeah, so what I wanted to start to, to do with these, uh, I know I'm, you know, we're under stay-at-home orders here, and like you said, you're kind of stuck at, in, in terms of what you can do and what you can't do right now. Because um, I wanted to take this opportunity while we're all kind of quarantined together <laughs> to, to kind of expose people to different brands so that once things do kind of let up, you know, you might have a completely different perspective or idea about a different brand that you may never have never have tried before. So I know El Artista is one of them because when you really get to know El Artista, I mean, you all have a lot of different brands and a lot of fun projects, you know, within that brand. So I wanted to, to help people to get to know who you are and also what El Artista is all about.
1: All right. All right. Sounds uh, very good. Yeah, the, in this time, I think... Uh uh i've been actually enjoying quite a lot doing this kind of of, of a life on instagrams and in other social medias uh unfortunately we cannot uh socialize and have a cigar together right but uh this is a very nice experience
0: yeah it's it's fun to see that so many brands have opened their doors because i think i don't know about you but like that first week when it was like you have to stay at home it was like well what do i do <laughs> yeah know? oh yeah it's a, it's a oh, very wow. social and I had trips planned out and everything. So I was like, oh, you know, like I just stay at home and, you know, how do I, you know, how do I interact? How do I get that same traction that I was going? It's like, I couldn't just, you know, disappear for however long this is going to last and, you know, come out the other end. So I'm sure you're like, you're the same way. So it's it's oh, nice yeah, that you, you and other brand owners have been so, um, you know, available and so willing to kind of come on these things because it's nice to talk to you all and see you all in a more casual setting. And like I said, it's, it's a nice kind of a way to kind of bridge that gap that we have for right now until we can go back to in-store events and, um, trade shows and everything else that kind of goes on with our industry. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So let's start at the beginning because I know your story, but I don't, I'm not going to assume that everybody here knows your story or they've read the stories that we've done on you for tobacco business. So tell us about how you came into the cigar industry. Okay. Well,
1: uh, first, uh, my name is Ram Rodriguez uh, from Tabacalera El Artista. Uh, my family has been in the industry for a very long time. I'm actually third generation of, of our uh, cigar making tradition. Uh, my grandfather founded the business in 1956. Uh, my father uh, took control of the operations in the 80s. Eh, and since I was a little kid, I've been going to the factory eh, all the time. So I was kind of born into it more than, than something that I started appreciating with time. Eh, I started eh, 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 trying to learn more and taking this a little bit more serious uh after my first trade show uh, that was in what was 16 years old actually i was underage i don't know how that happened what it did (laughs) (laughs) and after that i realized what happens with the cigars after you just put them in a big container and it leaves the the factory then uh, after that i realized that there is a big culture around the the cigar making and uh there's a very nice community of, of cigar smokers uh, all around the world. And I fell, fell in love I, uh, of, of the industry. And since then, I've been uh, focusing on trying to learn as much as I can in order to uh, take uh, a
0: control of the factory eventually. So were you always kind of thinking that, and I think you kind of touched on this, but were you always thinking at some point you'll end up in the industry or did you completely just one day kind of go, oh, I think I can actually do this. I want to get into the, the industry more. Well, uh,
1: when I was uh, a kid, uh, I never saw myself working 100 percent in the industry. The truth. Uh, it, I always liked the, 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 the tobacco industry but I like it other stuff. And I was thinking that like, Oh, i when I go, went, go to college, I'm going to be a doctor or something like that.
0: Right. Uh,
1: yeah. But after that IPCPR, it was uh, uh, when I realized that I, I wanted to be part of this a uh, full time, uh, when I went to college, uh, uh, I studied industrial engineering here in the Dominican, but I also did a associate degree in, in upstate New York. And uh, there was a cigar shop like 20 minutes away from my from my campus, and that's where I started to smoke other cigars other than the ones that I, I was smoking in the factory all the time. Uh, in that moment, uh, Nicaragua was still a little bit unknown, but it was starting to get a little bit trendy. So I was smoking a lot of cigars from there, uh, a lot of uh, from the from other factories from here from the Dominican as well, so Honduran cigars. And I start understanding and creating a, a profile of of what I like and
0: what I don't like of cigars. And, and, and what are your pref- personal preferences in terms of what you kind of like in a cigar, and and what kind of def- uh, what kind of appeals to you overall? Let's focus on the good stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, for me, first a uh, i think i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one that 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 things like that that the palette palettes evolve uh, with time Uh, yesterday i used to like one kind of cigars now now i like something probably totally different and uh for example uh, right now i'm really into medium cigars but full flavor and uh, i like something that is even hard to describe i always uh, tell people what i like when I'm smoking a new blend, I like the the cigar to be something that that just explodes in my mind, that 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 made me start thinking, like, what the hell is this? Well, uh, uh, I like cigars with a lot of complexities, uh, with different uh, tastes and very balanced. That's kind of what I'm, I'm I'm looking for right now. Tomorrow, I don't know if it's gonna be the same. I used to be a very full body cigar smoker,
0: but kind of not anymore. I don't know why. <laughs> so. You, you made this move into the industry. What were your early days in the tobacco industry like? What were, uh, you, you, know, were you focusing on, and what were your your challenges that you had to overcome? So uh, uh, I I've been in, going to the factory, kind
1: of working since I was a, I was a kid. Uh, the rule in my house was uh, after you do the homework, you have to go to the factory. So, but then when I start working <laughs> a little bit more serious. Uh, I wanted, like, my first big project was uh, creating, like, a, a, a publicity material for the factory. Uh Brochures, you know, taking pictures of the cigars and, and all that kind of stuff. My father is very old school, and uh he's really focused in having quality tobacco and making good cigars. He doesn't really care about what happens after the cigar is made. Like, he's not a a focus on branding or anything like that is very cigar oriented so when i was coming with all this idea we need to do this we need to do that uh at first you know there was like a big barrier so honestly uh, the first big challenge i think i had was uh making my father to be uh, to take me serious like like all the, the the ideas that i have for him to understand that that uh, there was there were things that 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 uh, were going to work mm-hmm yeah and kind of the same thing happened with time uh when i decided to open a, a company in the states uh my father the first thing he said like oh you're crazy uh that's not our country you don't understand the culture you don't understand the laws in that country uh we should find somebody else that already have a, a distribution warehouse over there and work with them but uh, just forget about that but in my case i didn't want to do that so uh there was always like that kind of argument going on with my father. Nowadays it's different. Uh, he has seen the results and, and, uh, he respects what I do and he uh, trusts me, but I had
0: to earn it, which now I kind of understand, you know? And it's, it's funny because like you, you just mentioned, like, I think your goal has been to make El Artista and the factory and everything else you do kind of vertically integrated. So you don't have to rely, On a distributor or whatever you can kind of control all aspects of your business is that still the case today
1: yes yes it definitely is Uh, obviously there are some things that we just cannot handle because there are so many little things involved in the cigar making uh but yeah that's that's always been our focus and our advantage in the market and uh nowadays uh, my father really appreciates the fact that we have our own uh, our our own operations in the in the states which is our main market anyways so uh he really uh, uh appreciates and like the fact that that uh, we have all the control over
0: there as well so at what point did you when you started to develop the l r t brands for this you know that were your own kind of cigars rather than just making cigars for other people you know what was that process like because i know that's a completely for people who have factories i mean you're usually focused on the production side getting those orders you know fulfilled and then all of a sudden now you're, you're making your own products so and now you feel a little bit even more invested in that product I, I would imagine so what's that what was that switch like for you uh well
1: uh first i thought it was going to be super easy Uh, when you are on this side you know like when you're on the island making cigars uh, you believe that the hardest part of everything is making the cigar you know like getting the right material doing the right fermentation and making the cigar the way it's supposed to be and keep consistency the truth is that 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 just a little part of uh, out of the whole equation you know when I start understanding how a Uh, you have to uh, push your product into the market and you need to be aware of uh, and and take care of not uh, uh, making too many SQUs because at the end it's just gonna be crazy you know having like a very big catalog that was actually one of the first mistakes I did Uh, and those little details you know uh, it was a little bit overwhelmed um, there was like a learning cure, a cure. but uh, eventually you know we are
0: now here and uh, doing our best. Uh, somebody had a question and said, "What's the cigar made at El Artista using the wine the thune, and could you talk about how the thune works?
1: Yes, uh, he is probably talking about Exactus Maduro. Our wrapper on that cigar is fermented with wine uh it's a little bit different of just using a regular betune uh usually uh, the betune is a blend of of different uh uh, products that will add a little bit of a distinctive flavor and aroma to the cigar so usually wine is kind of the the base and they use uh, fruits and spices in order to get that uh, distinctive uh, uh taste in the case of exactus uh what we do is that during the fermentation process uh which uh, we, we usually just add water in order for the wild yeast to react into into the tobacco and eat all the sugars we also add a little bit of wine uh what happens with the wine is that it also comes with a lot of sugars uh, inside so there's more food basically for the wild yeast to react into it so the color is usually a little bit darker and more oily And and that's why we do that, the wine uh, fermentation process with the Saito line.
0: So what would you say is the kind of best-selling El Artista cigar right now? Uh, Right Mm -hmm. now, it's the Buffalo
1: 10. This cigar right here. Uh, This cigar, we introduced it Mm -hmm. on uh, last July. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been crazy, man. We did it as a project. Uh, we were uh, aiming with this plan of a cigar uh, at a very reasonable price point, but an outstanding smoke. Uh, I think we would achieve it. and We can tell that by the results. Uh, the first batch that we made of these cigars, uh, we had it, uh, we did enough uh, according to our, our calculations for six months. So uh, the first batch was supposed to last until December of last year uh we sold it uh, in the first month of of, of uh, when it went out out in the market and c- till then it's been moving uh, quite a lot but other than that uh, we have a very good uh, turnover in, in the other products uh, big papi is a very popular cigar as well cimajron uh, is very popular and yeah almost all of them it's crazy but i, I sometimes i some people don't even believe me, but the Super Colosso, the 90 by 11 cigar, that cigar sells quite a lot. You know, like people actually reorder that that, that cigar. Uh, when we did it, we, I thought it was, was going to be like a novelty, you know, something for people to collect. But people smoke it, you know?
0: <laughs> and, and that's it. Humongous cigar, right? Yes, it's the ninety by eleven. Yeah, it looks like a baseball bat. Like people, it looks like a baseball bat. (laughs) You see it, Like like you said, you would think it's a novelty, but it's funny that you say that that one actually, you know, has some traction as well. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Earlier, somebody asked the question and says, "You mentioned wild yeast. Are there any types of yeast used?" Uh, no it's
1: basically the, the the yeast that is in, in the environment uh, that reacts into the tobacco uh, it's not uh, the, the kind of fermentation we do on tobacco is not the same as uh, as what is done with with alcohol uh, because uh, in the alcohol process what they, the goal they have is the the yeast to eat the sugar and dispose all the alcohol, but you need to make sure it's the right kind of alcohol inside uh on the tobacco case we we don't need any alcohol so any yeast will eat the sugar and uh, the alcohol and the ammonia will just uh, evaporate in the environment so the wild yeast is basically the what we have in, in the outside so you just need to take the cigar the tobacco make sure it has enough oxygen inside uh make sure it has a, 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 a enough a moist as well and just
0: let it rest, and the nature will do its magic. Uh, Another person said, what's the first cigar you blended? The first cigar I blended, it was
1: Exactus Connecticut was was the first cigar I blended. Uh, The Exactus Maduro is the one with, with the wine fermented tobacco. Uh, I, I, that was my second one. The first one was the Exactus Connecticut.
0: And and what was that blending process like? I mean, like what, take us through that blending process. Cause I don't know if a lot of people who who don't have the pleasure of coming to like a factory like yours, they don't really see that process. So we only, we see like maybe, you know, the end, the end result, which could be, there could be like 13 or more different prototypes different blends or combinations yeah. that kind of came before that until you settled on that one blend so what was that what's the blending process like for a cigar because i don't think like i said i don't think a lot of people really know it's a pretty tedious process sometimes yep
1: yeah, so the blending process starts with uh, first you need to know where are you heading to like what are you looking for uh i always tell people when they come uh, to blend their own cigar in the factory uh, that if you don't know what you're looking for, it's gonna be even harder because we're just gonna be wild guessing. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you know, uh, and, and if you give as much details as you can, we'll, we're gonna be able uh, to, to think what kind of tobacco will uh, get you those uh, notes that you're looking for. Uh, in my particular case, uh, I know some other factories blend on a different way. Uh, what I like to do, I like to uh, smoke the, the, my options of, of tobacco for the blend uh, on pure grade. Uh, I usually uh, uh, start uh, just smoking Viso tobacco. And if I'm looking for a, a stronger cigar, I go a hundred percent Ligero only. So I start with one kind of tobacco, uh, a hundred percent of that tobacco and that's it. Uh, we do uh, a little uh, gav- gav- Gavillero, we call it. It's like a chiru style that we just do it right at the moment. Uh, we start smoking that and, and different other options, and then we start uh, combining one with the other to see uh, if if we are going in the right direction. Uh, after that, we keep adding more and more varieties uh, uh, of, of tobacco until we have something that uh, might be what we are looking for. The truth about all this is that when you smoke uh, a little chirruc mm-hmm. like that, it might represent only around 50 to 60 percent of what the final cigar will be so after that you have to make uh, an actual cigar and and smoke it and if you like it it's probably gonna be just like that but with some variation as well in that point i always tell people that that cigar will represent uh, somewhere between 75 and 85 percent of what the actual of the final product will be so after that, you have to make more cigars, let mm-hmm. it rest. And uh, after uh, a couple of days, 45 at least, uh, if you smoke the cigar and you have the characteristics you're looking for, that, that's, that's going to be the, the blend uh, at the end. So it takes a lot of time because you need, to de- you need to make sure that the cigar rests. If you make a cigar that you like right at the moment, that not, doesn't necessarily mean that the final product is going to be like that. So it's a it's a very long process, and uh, you uh, with experience you start understanding a little bit, uh, and about uh, what percentage of seco, ligero and viso you're gonna use depending on on the kinds of, of tobacco you're using, what kind of binder you're using, what kind of wrapper you're using, all those little uh, details uh, uh are very important to take under consideration because at the end you don't only want a cigar that tastes good, you want to make sure it looks good and uh that and that is it burns evenly that's also very important
0: yeah i guess that's a good question to ask you as a somebody who who works in a factory who works on blends like we, we see cigar ratings like in magazines and such but we never really see what criteria they're they're used to kind of uh come up with the the rating that they give out to the cigar so for you uh especially like in a factory as you're working on a blend like what are, what are the things that you're looking at from a cigar in terms of, uh, how you rate it to be like good enough for your standards to put out into the market?
1: Uh, it broke a little bit. I'm, I'm really sorry. Can you repeat the question again?
0: Yeah. i was saying um, in terms of like ratings, like when people rate cigars for different media outlets, they have their own criteria, own list, checklist of things that they're looking for. So what's your checklist of things that you're looking for in terms of when you're rating a cigar before you decide to put it out into the market uh well uh, at the end it all depends on
1: uh what uh what i'm looking for uh on the on the uh, taste pr- profile uh when we you have that clear uh and on the cigar uh, uh, you have consistency on the blend uh in my case i focus m- more in the other characteristics that to see if it's if, if a cigar that i feel comfortable uh, taking it out to the market. So if I make a made a blend and the cigar is good, actually the final step before going to to regular production is that we do a test run. In that test run, we usually make somewhere between 500 to 2,000 cigars. Uh, it, that kind of uh, imitates of of what uh, 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 what they're gonna be doing in the in the rolling facilities and how the cigar in the regular production is gonna be like. After that cigar is rest, uh, I start checking, uh, making sure the quality is there, uh, that the cigar looks good, that the draw is, is, is good as well, and we start smoking as much as we can. In my particular case, since I travel a lot, uh, what I like to do is like I like traveling with that blend that I'm working with uh, because uh, some people say that I'm crazy, but cigars taste different depending on where you are at. Uh, a cigar in Denver doesn't taste the same as, as, uh, as if you were smoking it in Miami or in New York. So I, I, like, I like to, to uh, check on those differences as well before uh, throwing the cigar to the market as well. So it's just a matter if you have the, the blend correct, um, they are doing the work as, as they're supposed to do in the production side, um, the cigar is burning evenly uh it's just a matter of smoking as much as you can uh, from the test run just to make sure that they are doing the, the 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 blend the way that it's supposed to be uh
0: there's a couple people wanted you to talk about your work with om cigars
1: yes om cigars uh osvaldo morales is a good friend from jersey uh i have a couple of a uh, private labels that i'm doing uh in in that region in particular OM is one of them. Uh, It's a very good cigar, a very interesting blend. Uh, I like working with him because uh, he's not the the kind of of person that is only asking for, hey, just give me whatever cigar you have there or anything like that. Uh, He's being very picky. Uh, I honestly like uh, having customers that uh, care and are always making sure the cigars are made under their, their specifications. Uh, he's very dedicated, uh, uh, doing that. So, uh, I really like working with him. OM is one of them. Uh, my friend, Toyrac uh, is another uh, brand, uh, from that region that, that I'm working with. Uh, both of them are very good cigars that people should try. Uh,
0: somebody wanted to know what was the, what's the cigar blend that you had the most fun blending?
1: (sighs) Oh my. Each cigar have kind of the its own history in the background. Uh, honestly, this one, the Buffalo Ten, it was kind of a a, a crazy process we did. Uh, this cigar was a uh, uh, was blended uh, uh, between me and Kevin Newman, my my national uh, sales director, and we were looking for one cigar in particular. We were like. sure that that was gonna be the blend. We worked very, very hard for like a week, making sure the cigar was gonna be ready and according of what we were looking for. And uh, one day when we were working on the packaging side, because the blend was ready, you know, uh, my production manager uh, came with this box press cigar, like, hey, give it a try to this one. I was like, what is this? Oh, something that I'm just uh, 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 playing with. uh, 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 It's a little bit similar to the blend we were making, but I make some changes. Uh, Take a look and try it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you, whatever. I just throw it there and continue talking. Uh, After lunch with Kevin, uh, I wanted to have a cigar, not for work, but just to smoke. And I was like, "Ah, whatever, i just try this one. I took it, I lit it up, and I was like, ooh. What the hell is this? I think, <laughs> Kevin, forget about it, you know? Actually, Buffalo 10, it was it, it was going to be a 10-count uh, pack. And because we did this one, the box spread, it looks a little bit nicer, just five. Mm-hmm. But we like the name anyway. So we were like, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be Buffalo 10. If you want the real thing, buy two five-packs, whatever. So it, it was quite fun. But honestly, uh, there are so many uh, stories that of... Uh, a, a different blends that we just being fun, you know, like, like, uh, that's kind of one of my favorite parts of, of the cigar making process. And, and people want to hear the story behind Pulita. Yeah. So Pulita was the, <laughs> uh, the nickname of my grandfather, uh, Pulita 60 Anniversario is the cigar we did, uh, to commemorate our 60th anniversary. And it, it When that time came and I talked to my father about it, and I told him that I want to do something very special and that I wanted to use my grandfather's name. Uh, You know, my grandfather was the founder of the company and a, a, a lot of people still talks about Pulita in my town. So it was something that we had to take very seriously uh i talked to my grandmother even about it like hey do you feel comfortable of me using my grandfather's name for a brand uh she agreed and uh, we started looking for what blend we were gonna use on that cigar uh what i wanted to do is something to resemble of what the cigars we used to make back in the 1956 when we opened the factory Uh, i started looking for very old uh, blends uh, from that time And I realized that the tobacco they were using the most uh, was uh, the Negrito tobacco. The Negrito was a tobacco that was very popular uh, uh, all the way up to the mid 60s. But it lost popularity over easier to grow tobaccos. And when I asked my father about that tobacco, he just told me like, you know, it's something that you don't you don't find out there anymore. It's kind of rare. Uh, I was able to get some seeds from the Dominican Tobacco Institute. And we started uh, trying that uh, that tobacco, and we came up with, with, with a very nice, a quality, a, a, a wrapper quality tobacco. And we decided to use it on the Pulita. Uh, that tobacco, the Negrito, I'm now also using it in other cigars uh, because it's so distinctive and so unique that, that I really like it. It's, it's just a different tobacco, and it's something so authentic from, from my country that I really enjoy using
0: have you learned about yourself since you've been, uh, kind of at the forefront of uh, the blending and kind of representing the brand LRT stuff I kind of, I'm sure it's been a different, it's been a learning curve for probably for you in a learning experience. Oh, oh yes. Yes. It's been a, a, a very good learning
1: experience. I've learned a lot of things. Uh, my father has been a very good mentor and I really appreciate that. And he usually don't go that that hard on me when i make a mistake uh i think what i'm i've learned the most uh, out of this is that i'm more stronger than I, than what i thought before um, I, I had to overcome a lot of different difficulties uh, in in the time uh even nowadays that the industry is changing so much and so fast and uh, i feel uh, before like for example now with all this fda and, and all this stuff i'm pretty sure uh, when if if all this were happening when i started i'll be probably selling i don't know toasters or something like that <laughs> but now i feel very comfortable, uh, comfortable uh, confident of that those things are uh, things that a uh, we we will overcome eventually and uh the business will continue and uh, and yeah like i i think i'm able to handle all of this
0: yeah and i, I guess from your perspective i mean you just mentioned like fda is being a, a big challenge for a lot of brand owners right now um uh, so besides fda what's your biggest challenge besides fda besides fda because that's usually everybody's go-to They go F, fda so I'm going to take it out of play.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think uh, my biggest challenge right now uh, is uh, being able to to continue making good cigars and continue getting uh, recognition uh, of, of our brand mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. market. And just to overcome all this political BS, you know? Uh, Not only FDA, but all over the world, there's a lot of pressure against the tobacco industry. So, uh, and the truth is that that is the the, the biggest challenge right now, you know?
0: Uh, Somebody had a question. that says, you've worked with heritage seed. Um, Did you have to experiment with soil selection to determine where it should be grown? And how about water demands of the plant?
1: Uh, Yes, so uh, the truth is that my father is the one that handles uh, most of the tobacco growing part, but I'm involved in it uh, as much as I can. But uh, yes, uh, uh, the quality of the soil is a a very important matter. And actually one of the first thing everybody do when they're going to grow a cigar in a new field uh, is to test uh, the soil, uh, looking for the micro and macro nutrients on the soil. And the water demand is another som- is something also very important. A couple of years ago, we had a very uh, strong dry season. Uh, uh, and those kind of things uh, happen uh, every now and then. So uh, we have to work very hard uh, with our agronomists and genetics, uh, trying to develop seeds that can handle uh, today's uh, climate change which
0: is quite a big challenge as well. Um, speaking of challenges, uh, I mean, we're, the whole industry right now is facing the challenge of getting past um, COVID-19, the coronavirus. So, so how has the coronavirus affected the factory and El Artista?
1: Yeah, so uh, when everything started here on the island, uh, like six weeks ago, oh my. Uh, we shut down the whole factory, uh, we are like for us, uh, our personnel is top priority all the time. And since we are such an old factory uh, with a very low, uh, slow, uh, small turnover of employees, uh, we have a lot of people uh, that are old that are still working in the factory. So uh, for us, uh, the main, the first thing we did uh, was to a, a suspend their from, from work just to make sure they're safe. Uh, they, right now, uh, we have uh, out of the 700, uh, 750 employees, we only have around 60 working right now. And uh, next week, we're going to increase 20 more. And our plan is to increase on in a very slow pace uh, just to make sure we are handling uh, all the, the measurements we have to take on the right way. Uh, now, we are uh, taking the temperature of, of everybody before coming into the facilities. Uh, now, we are going to install some sanitation uh, uh, cabins where people have to go a uh, pass through before getting into the factory. That's basically a like machine throwing a mist of sanitizer uh, in their clothes. And yeah like uh, we uh, still have demand we actually have a lot of orders that we need to 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 deliver but uh, we are not ready yet uh, to just to work as usual because we need to guarantee the safety of our personnel
0: first so do you have a, a date or time in mind where you think you might um kind of be back at full capacity
1: for full capacity,
0: I don't honestly, we don't know yet
1: uh, because in order to do that, uh, we need to make sure, you know, everybody's going to be safe. Uh, in the meantime, we, we're going to be adding up more and more people. And uh, hopefully for uh, within two weeks, uh, we're going to have at least 200 people working, uh, you know, but very safe and controlled uh we are actually in need of of uh, getting as much personnel as possible uh because you know the business is still running and right. there are a lot of process that we just not can just forget about it and, and and just wait for for when everything comes back to normal so but unfortunately no like with this is so odd like and so unpredictable that there's just no way for us to 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 guarantee that oh yeah tomorrow we're gonna have everybody working as usual
0: and then on the the l r t side i mean has have you had to adjust any of your marketing plans or any releases you had oh yeah for 2020 have you have you had to like pivot and say well maybe not now or we'll do it this year but it might not be when we thought you know it'll come out
1: yeah well uh i was supposed to be in norway right now doing events uh, we had canceled so far around 20 events in six different countries. Uh, including two with David Ortiz in, in the new England area. Uh, so yeah, everything just stopped, you know, uh, we were getting ready to, for the release of, of this year that we were going to introduce in, in summertime. Uh, uh, most of those projects, uh, we postponed it for, for the future uh we are still have uh, have having plans on some new uh, product release for for this summer but uh, not the way we were intended to
0: Uh um, you, you just mentioned david ortiz and i, I don't think we can have a an interview about el artista without talking about him and i know he had a, a bit of a, a scare uh in the last couple months um so how is he doing now how is uh, how is that cigar brand doing too? Uh, the cigar
1: brand is doing fantastic. Uh, David Ortiz is very good uh, as well. Uh, honestly, uh, after uh, all the, the troubles and complications he went through, uh, I thought, uh, I was expecting to meet a new David. Uh, after uh, everything, uh, I went to his house around like four months after the incident he had here on the island. And when I saw him uh, happy and just talking to everybody, just as usual, I was like, "Okay, thanks God, he's the same David." You know, right. uh, he's the same. Uh, the same. He's uh, taking a little bit uh, uh, more serious, <laughs> like the security part of of, of everything uh, compared to before, because he's always been very relaxed. Uh, but other than that,
0: he's, he's the same. The same David as usual. I know when, cause I think you all were just getting ready to release a new David Ortiz cigar as when that incident happened. And so he wasn't able to promote it like he was, but then I know that he came back from it and he was on national TV talking about that cigar. And were, I, I remember seeing that that newscast where he was sitting there with the different new sports people and he was like, oh, I'm gonna smoke this cigar. And they're like, you can't smoke that here. He's like, I can if I want to. And I remember like the next day because we had such a spike on our website from people looking up that cigar. So I was like, he's, he's doing his part to like, to like promote the brand. I was like, there's, there's David Ortiz. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And that's David, you know, that like those kind of things that that's him a hundred percent. Yeah. And it it really helped to the brand. uh, The fact he did that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And that was hilarious. I I had no idea he was going to do that. Yeah, because I think I, I woke up the next day and I was like, what happened? I was like, because, I mean, we had put the press release on there like months ago. Yeah. It was just like <laughs> overnight, it was like, you know, right up there, like everybody was searching for it. So, yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, well, I guess he, I guess he's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, you're in the Dominican Republic. So, and I know we're a lot of us are are in our respective countries, but like the US, I know we're still kind of grappling with how to get over coronavirus and how to get back to some normal. But but what's it like for you and, and other people in the Dominican Republic? Because I know it can be a, a slightly different experience for you all. Like what's your what do you think your your new normal might look like? Uh yeah, uh, this uh
1: distancing and sanitation all over the place i think that that's going to stay stay for a very long time at mm-hmm. least for what i can see mm-hmm. uh here uh we've been in a curfew from 5 p.m to 6 a.m every day for uh, a long time now uh everything is shut down basically uh, only free trade zones and essential business are open uh The the government, uh, the police is arresting anybody that is out without any permission on the streets after 5 p.m. It's just crazy, you know, this is kind of surreal. Uh, I think we're not that bad. We have uh, around uh, 6,500 cases so far. Uh, Just waiting for the, the cures to be a little bit flatter uh i'm just waiting man it's just a matter of, of wait uh, in the us i know things are a little bit different uh you guys need to be safe dude like one million people
0: infected that's quite a lot <laughs> yeah but the, i mean de- depending on who you speak to it's like oh just it's just a million people everybody will be okay <laughs> i mean i guess they're looking at to the, the recovery rate which doesn't always get um it's not always discussed so that is a big part of it too. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 strange because I know like this time of year too for the cigar industry, it's like we're all usually working towards that that summer trade show, you know, PCA, IPSPR. And and this year, I think we're all kind of waiting to see like, well, is it gonna happen? Is it not? How do you prepare for it? You know, it's just really, diff- it's a really different year. <laughs> just trying it is. to work it out is. the logistics for, for something that's like to, to Get back to some normalcy and not knowing when that normalcy is, and you know like you said, not wanting to take risk when you don't have to, yeah yep, yeah. I don't think i p c p r is gonna happen man yeah i i mean a, a lot of people have have placed their bets, i would say <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. neutral a lot of people have have placed their bets, so yeah <laughs> we we will we will see, but it's 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 difficult because i i know for me like i I'm already a germaphobe, whether we have coronavirus or not, and I'm always worried about germs. And so this situation doesn't help me or my nerves, you know, and, and being a big crowds of people right now, um, you know, no. I don't want to bring anything back. I don't want to make my family sick. Uh, I'm sure other yep. people are the same way. I, mean, we all, I think everybody has somebody in their family who's um, a little bit compromised in terms of their immune systems. Um, we don't want to put anybody in danger but at the same time we want to you know keep doing business so I think we, we I've seen a big I don't know if you have but I've seen a big shift to, to the digital because it's the only safe way to continue to market and interact yep. with people right now so um, you know I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a, a you know in that if PCA does not happen a physical trade show I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some type of virtual event that maybe that kind of brought everybody together in some way how that would work maybe (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean it's it's a bit logistical issue but
1: it is it is but maybe 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 that's what's gonna happen uh i see a this trend of 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 digital communication i think that this is this is gonna remain after all these crazy times are over
0: yeah and i hope so because like i said it's like i mean if if we were functioning normally I mean I would be in my own at this time of day it's like I'll be getting ready to wrap up my day to get ready for a 40 minute to 45 minute uh you know commute yeah <laughs> um, yeah I wouldn't be sitting yeah. here talking to you and you would be in a factory probably with oh yeah tons of work to do your team working so um you know this is different but it's it's nice to see that the industry is kind of coming together in these digital formats and like I said and, and companies that um normally would not be so like they just wouldn't have the time to do it because they're working you know uh taking advantage of this time to tell their stories i mean i've it's been fun doing this kind of conversation because so many companies and people have reached out and saying hey you know i'm available and this for me it's nice because i was like wow i didn't even know you would you know be interested so yeah definitely uh, definitely I've enjoyed this is very the-
1: comfortable <laughs> you know like right now
0: i'm talking to you i mean right flops i'm in, right. and in shorts me too.
1: <laughs> That's perfect, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. It's like we're not in the the usual like business suit and and whatever. There's not a crowd of people. Because usually when I see you, it's 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 during a trade show, and you usually have a big crowd of people. You know, we have a maybe a fifteen minute block of time set aside where we talk, and it's like very quick. And you usually have to, to kind of get out of there and and uh, entertain some people. So. It's been nice to, like I said, to take advantage of this time. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and definitely. you know, so I know you you don't want to uh, reveal everything that's going on with El Artista, but are you able to tease anything that people can expect from El Artista? Do you have any virtual events that you're planning, basically? Do you have any, um, you know, interactions online that you are going to roll out in this time to kind of get people involved with the brand uh well we are uh, already participating in in
1: virtual launches a uh, a lot actually uh, and from all over the world uh, we've been doing that uh, uh, other than that uh, we have plans of, of doing some some virtual hair uh, for uh, artista cigar smokers out there uh in the few, in a couple of, of days, it uh, will come up uh, uh, with that idea as well. And other than that, uh, for this year, uh, we are uh, working, we actually already have a plan for for a new buffalo tent uh, that uh, if conditions uh, uh, permit, we're gonna be ha- ha- we're gonna have it uh, by July and other than that we are working with some uh, rebranding uh our Puro amber line Uh we're doing uh, some uh, little changes uh on the blend and on on the design of the product uh, for this year uh we have some other projects that uh soon uh all of you guys will will, will heard about it uh but uh, for now we decide to postpone it uh, uh yeah you know joseph we're waiting for everything to be normal uh one of the positive things uh, of this is that uh, we've been having a lot of uh, uh, extra time to think about new ideas Mm -hmm. uh so yeah we're just waiting for that you know Mm -hmm. Uh, waiting for all this to be over and bring all of them
0: somebody did ask the question what's the hardest tobacco to deal with from seed to cigar
1: Negrito is pretty hard. Like in the growing process, uh, is it's hard. And in order to get wrapper out of it, it's, it's a, a one of the hardest, I, I'll say. Uh, one of the common tobaccos that is not that easy to to work with, at least here on the island, is the Piloto Cubano. Piloto Cubano is a, a, a very a perfumey a, a smell and taste. Uh, I really love that tobacco, but it's so hard and you get so uh so many diseases on the farm that you you need to control uh i think piloto cubano is, is one of, of the most complicated at least here on the island
0: you know one of my last questions for you is is you do have a, a international presence which i think a lot of brands need just because even without coronavirus and pandemics going on i mean having that strategy where your brands are in this country in this country and not just in one country so, so how have you approached growing your brand internationally, but growing it to a point where you can handle it? So it's not, doesn't like outpace kind of what you're able to keep up with.
1: Yes. Uh, we are usually very selective of, of with who we work with. Uh, when we are, we decide to, uh, uh get a representation, uh, in, in a particular country. Uh, in the case of the. US uh, we have our own operations there and we have and Kevin Newman a, representing us a, for the US market and he's taking good care of, of of that side but please don't tell him that I that I said that <laughs> but but the truth is that, that he's doing good uh, in in the other markets uh, we rely on the efforts of our distributors uh, one of the things that I uh, always make sure is that uh, uh, that they are not alone, you know. Uh, I try to to help them and uh, listen to what the market needs uh, in order of, for us to introduce uh, any kind of products. Uh, we have some uh, a special uh, products that we do only for some markets. For example, in Norway, we have a cigar we call Fetenice. Uh That cigar, uh, the meaning of Fetanice is uh, not like a very nice word, uh, but it really represents the Norwegian market. And I really love that brand because of that, you know, it's something that was designed by us for that market in particular. Uh, we try to do those kind of things everywhere. Uh, we have some uh, 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 very good distributors uh, all over the place. Uh, uh, my friends in uh, the Klein Lagos in, in Germany, for example, uh, Dios Tobacco in, in Austria uh nordic cigars in norway uh and yeah you know uh, we just try to listen to them uh try to understand the market as much as we can uh in order to do a good job uh and not only letting them to to do other the the work and uh, just letting them buy whatever they need
0: well i mean we're believe it or not we're kind of at the at the end of our conversation but what i wanted to do is is if people want to continue to follow you and follow the um, El Artista brand, like how can they get in touch? What website should they follow? What social media accounts should they look for?
1: Yeah, so look for El Artista Cigars uh, on Instagram, um, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, my personal one as well, Uh, Ram. uh That's my, my personal mm-hmm. account. Uh, also,
0: our website, elartistacigars.com. Awesome. Well, like I said, it's 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 always a pleasure to, to speak to you. I don't think we've ever been able to have the, the, the chance to speak this long without, like I said, being interrupted by a trade show going on in, in the background. So it was fun to kind of hear about all of the brands. I think we, and then people have some great questions today. Um, this is probably one of the, the few sessions I've done where it's like people have actually come with questions because I always want them to ask um, and, and get some um, of their questions they have for you answered on the spot. So I thought it was, it was a great conversation and so happy that everybody was able to join us today. And like I said, that you were able to come on and, and speak um, today.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Antoine. Um, it, yeah, it was, was really nice to uh, talk to you uh, in a more quiet environment yeah uh yeah to everybody there thank you for smoking at artista uh please smoke at home uh don't uh uh, go out unless you guys need it and yeah thank you for everything
0: yeah well uh until our next encounter as i've been telling people i I hope it's sooner rather than later but uh i look forward to seeing you in person and um, maybe with a, a little bit of safe distance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hand sanitizer, but yeah. look forward to whatever our next encounter is. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great Thank day. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Bye.